our top stories tonight. Trade alert. Justin Fields has his new alpha. DJ Moore on his way to the Chicago Bears, as well as another first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick in 2025, and I think there's another pick in there as well. I can't remember. It was too crazy. So crazy. Justin Fields now has QB1 overall potential. He could be this year's Jalen Hurts. Still a long way to go, though. We also have C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is going to be a Carolina Panther. By all accounts, C.J. Stroud is the one that the Panthers want. They gave up a lot to get C.J. Stroud. Usually when you trade up, it's for a difference maker. It's a freak athlete. It is a playmaker at quarterback. That's why a lot of people think it's Anthony Richardson. But it doesn't really matter when you hit on a quarterback. No one's going to remember all the picks you gave up. No one's going to remember how bad you were before. All they're going to know is, hey, we got our guy, and that's what the Panthers are hoping to do with that first overall pick. All that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. Be to have Connor Porter back in the show. Hello to you, my friend. Hope you're well as well. Non-Superflex, I'm taking JSN at the 102. Would you ever consider Richardson because of his ceiling potential? I am personally, in non-Superflex, of course, going with a third option. I am going with Jameer Gibbs at the 102. I am taking Jameer Gibbs at the 102 every time in non-Superflex. I understand what you're saying about the difference-making potential of Anthony Richardson, but in non-Superflex, I I just want a little bit more certainty. I want that window with, obviously not B. John Robinson at the 102, but I want that window with Jameer Gibbs. JSN, I also still prefer over Anthony Richardson in non-Superflex. In Superflex, 102 for sure. Happy to have Toronto Dave on the show, as well as Dean Dirks. Early top three rookie ranks in Superflex. In Superflex, still going Bijan at that 101. Going number two, going to go with Anthony Richardson. And I think number three, ah, number three, I want to lean Will Levis because he has a difference-making upside of Anthony Richardson. He's a little bit of a lesser athlete, but still incredible. So I'm leaning Will Levis. Potentially Jameer Gibbs, though. I don't see myself taking CJ Stroud, especially because of the weapons he'll have in Carolina. Now they'll address it, but I can't see CJ Stroud being that guy in fantasy. And that's the difference between fantasy and real football. Happy to have Gary E back on the show. Happy to have all of you in here and happy to report that we got some crazy news. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I was not here to talk about it the day of. I know. What are the odds that one of the few times that I can't go live because I'm working that something crazy like this breaks? And I apologies to the podfather. The podfather reached out. Hey, Jack, can I come on the show tonight? Can I talk about this trade with you? Imagine being me. You look up to the podfather. You look up to your boss and, hey, boss, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to work my other job. Um, I hope you understand. And he did. He, the podfather understands. I work at a funeral home. It is what it is, but Podfather understood. I, it's just, imagine telling the Podfather no. It does not feel good to say, no, Podfather, you can't come on my show. I'm too busy for you. It's embarrassing, to be honest. So I apologize. I apologize to all of you. I was working, but I'm back, and I'm here to talk about this trade. Kevin wondering if his Colts are in trouble with the trade move. Frank got to have the last word. He does. He does get revenge on the Colts, but Colts actually might be better off sticking with that 
fourth pick, they'll take QB number four in the draft, or the Colts could just crater for Caleb Williams instead. They could draft the best non-quarterback on the board. Colts are, I don't know. Colts are all, they're going to do all right. Still believe in Shane Steichen. Gary E, happy you're watching from work. Appreciate that you can tune in live. And I appreciate Ryan Poles. Now, I criticized Ryan Poles for the fact that he didn't get Justin Fields any help at wide receiver. But I gave him credit, too, that Ryan Poles invested in his offensive line. Now, it was still bad, but he tried. He worked with what he had. He signed Lucas Patrick at center, who was not good, broke his hand, so couldn't really play center for most of the season. Wasn't good at guard, but that was a fine move. Left tackle Braxton Jones in the fifth round. That worked out great. Drafted three other offensive linemen. So I get it. Can't attack everything all at once. And the Bears now attack that wide receiver position. They get DJ Moore. And so it becomes really cool. Because, you know, I, I do these breakdowns. I show you what the roster is. And it becomes really nice when you look at the Bears roster. You got Justin Fields. He's back at quarterback. Khalil Herbert at running back. They'll bring someone in to compete slash split with Khalil Herbert, but still love that. Still love his potential in the Chicago Bears offense. Have a true fullback. Bears, one of the few teams that implement a fullback with Kari Blassingate. So the run game's still going to be there. But now, instead of defending Equinemius St. Brown on the outside, because Darnell Mooney was out for most of the year, instead of having to worry about EQSB and Nikhil Harry. Now, you got to worry about X receiver DJ Moore. And DJ Moore is truly one of the most underappreciated wide receivers in the NFL. He's one of the most underrated. DJ Moore has truly become Allen Robinson, and it's been a damn shame. The fact that he just puts up a thousand yards year after year after year after year after year. I think that was five because five years over the last five years with who do you have at quarterback? Cam Newton, the corpse of Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone who's worse than those guys, but those are the highlights that DJ Moore has had to work with. And now he gets Justin Fields, a young Cam Newton, because Cam Newton was washed by the time DJ Moore played with him a little bit. That was that first year, first two maybe, but not the same Cam Newton. So DJ Moore, despite who he was dealing with averaged over a thousand yards per season. And now he gets Justin freaking fields. This is a good wide receiver core. We could, we actually get to kick chase Claypool in the slot. I was worried. I was worried that the bears were going to have to force chase Claypool to play on the outside, play that X wide receiver position. And that would not work. Now he made some plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was not an X. No, he was a Z. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had Deontay Johnson lined up on the line of scrimmage facing that press coverage. Claypool, when he was outside, he was off the line of scrimmage. He had a little bit more room to waggle and didn't get as much physicality. So sometimes he'd make those plays downfield, but that's not who Claypool is. He's a slot receiver. He's a pumped up slot receiver. He is a big work inside the numbers, stretch vertical. He's basically a tight end and that's okay. So Chase Claypool, he now moves from that X receiver position to the role he was born to play in the slot. DJ Moore steps in at the X and we still have Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is a quality wide receiver. We missed him this past year when he was hurt for a lot of the year, when the offense didn't know its identity for a large portion of the year. But now we'll have 
DJ Moore to take primary coverage and Darnell Mooney opposite DJ Moore with the secondary coverage. Whew! DJ Moore is going to open up this offense. He's going to open up Darnell Mooney on those double moves. This was a great, great trade for the Chicago Bears because they also got the 109. So they get DJ Moore, the first round pick this year. So that's basically two first round picks. And then they get a first round pick in 2024. So I'm calling it three first round picks for the Chicago Bears because I'm counting DJ Moore as a first round. Absolutely. And then they get the 261. Now this is actually the 49ers pick. 49ers in that trade for Christian McCaffrey, the 61st pick in the second round. We also have a 2025 second. And now there are people out there that will tell you the Panthers might be so bad that actually they're going to the Caleb Williams to the Bears next year. That's not going to happen. Shut up. That's stupid. You're really saying that a roster that competed for the playoffs with no quarterback at any point in the season is now going to be the worst team in the NFL. Clearly don't know what their defense is. You've clearly not paid attention to the fact that they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You're just not paying attention if you think that the Panthers will be picking first overall. Now, they're not going to be good. They really need help at wide receiver, at tight end, at playmaker on offense. But anyone telling you that the Bears are going to get Caleb Williams next year, that first overall pick with the Panthers, shut up. You're being silly. CJ Stroud will be phenomenal under Frank Reich. He will be. He will be. Shout out Mapletron, Chase Claypool. How high are you taking DJ Moore in redraft? How high do you think he will be by August? Well, so that brings us to the Chicago Bears and what we actually have to look at for fantasy football. So Justin Fields. Justin Fields is now the QB4 in redraft. He's behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, obviously, and Jalen Hurts. That's it. Justin Fields. Everyone's going to be championing him as this year's Jalen Hurts. But they're right. They're right. And Justin Fields now the QB7 in Dynasty behind Patrick Mahomes, behind Jalen Hurts, the QB2. Love that. Behind Allen, behind Burrow, behind Herbert, and behind Lawrence. And I can't really argue with any of that, but will anyone be surprised if the Bears get a quality offensive line? They continue to invest there, spend a bunch of money in free agency, build an offensive line around Justin Fields. Will anyone be surprised? If Justin Fields finishes as the QB one, that's right. The QB one. Cause he's got the best rushing upside in the NFL. He would have broken Lamar Jackson's rushing record. Had he not missed the final couple games, Justin Fields is phenomenal and he's going to run less. I'm telling you now, Justin Fields will run less in 2023 but he's going to see way, way, way boosted passing numbers. He's going to throw for more yards. He's going to throw more passing touchdowns. Instead of having to run for over 100 yards a game, it'll drop to maybe 60, maybe 70. Could be less, but it's still going to be an incredible year from Justin Fields, and once we finally get this offense clicking, it's going to be great. As for DJ Moore, DJ Moore is actually better in Dynasty than in Redraft. In Redraft, He's the wide receiver 29 in the player profiler rankings. He's behind Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, Drake London, and Mike Evans. And ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and Josh Dotson. No, Jahan Dotson, Josh Dotson, sorry. But in Dynasty, he's the wide receiver 18. He's actually ahead of Christian Watson in Dynasty, ahead of Michael Pittman, ahead of Devontae Adams, and ahead of Debo Samuel. 
but he's behind Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver one in this class. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Behind Godwin, behind Stephon Diggs, and behind Ky- Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup. So ultimately, DJ Moore is going to be who he always has been. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a wide receiver two-ish. I won't be surprised to see him finish above the wide receiver 29, but I also understand why you're ranking him behind a lot of these guys. But it's about the real life impact that DJ Moore is going to make. And I cannot wait. And it's also about the impact that DJ Moore will make for Justin Fields. But what about the Carolina Panthers? Because that's a lot. That is a lot of capital to give up for a quarterback. And everyone has the Panthers going for CJ Stroud. Usually, if you're trading up for a quarterback, it's because you are wowed. You know your guy. You know who you want. You know it's whoever. So usually that guy is just the prospect of the prospects. It happened with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz where they weren't those guys. But for the most part, when you trade up that high, it's because he is him in your eyes. Now, there's two paths that the Panthers could go down. They could go for Anthony Richardson. They could go for the most upside in this class. They could go for a player that looks up to Cam Newton, that models his game after Cam Newton. And I wouldn't fault them for that. I would not fault the Carolina Panthers for going all in on the most upside in the 2023 NFL draft. However, there's another side to this coin. Because you see, when you take that risk, at quarterback for an Anthony Richardson. You're putting a lot of jobs on the line. And now, granted, David Tepper, the owner, he is desperate for a quarterback, so maybe he isn't in these conversations. Maybe he supports. All right, you're taking Anthony Richardson. We're not playing him year one. Might not play him year two. You've got three, four years where you you are set, and I'm not going to fire you because you need the time to see what Anthony Richardson is. This is a long play and we're not going to rush and force you to start Richardson early. That's possible, but it's not often that happens in the NFL. Instead, people are coaching and drafting for their jobs. So when your job is on the line, when you have to make sure that you don't bust, because you might not get QB1, But as long as you get a QB1, as long as you get an NFL starting quarterback, it will still be seen as a good pick. And so for the Carolina Panthers, I think they go with the most bust-proof quarterback in this class. C.J. Stroud is going to be a good quarterback. He is. That's just a fact. He might not have the highest ceiling. His ceiling may be Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins-like. It could get higher. I'm not saying that's absolute ceiling, but that's the type of quarterback he is. But that's a quality quarterback in the NFL. That is a quarterback that keeps jobs in the NFL. That's not a quarterback that could bust through no fault of your own. Because Anthony Richardson, Panthers draft him. He's got all the potential in the world, and it might just not work out. It might not. These raw project quarterbacks, 
they're raw. They're projects. It takes time to develop, and it just has to all click. Same with Will Levis. He's a raw project quarterback. I like raw project quarterbacks. I like quarterbacks that are just moldable moldable chunks of clay. But not everyone does, and that puts jobs on the line. These quarterbacks can get you fired. Bryce Young can get you fired. Bryce Young, he is tiny. And I try not to be sizest when it comes to quarterback. I still like Bryce Young. I still think he's going to be a quality starter in the NFL. I think this is a fun quarterback class that is going to produce four starters in the NFL. Maybe probably five if we look at Hendon Hooker. But you have to remember that jobs are on the line. You have to remember that CJ Stroud is loved by Josh McCown, and that's going to be the pick. I'm telling you now, we have heard for months just how in love the Panthers are with CJ Stroud. And in a quarterback class that is just so different, so many flavors, you can truly get whatever style of quarterback you want. The Panthers ensured that they got their guy. Now, of course, the Panthers are also saying, well, we might trade back. We, we might trade back and get some of that value again. Shut up. No, you're not. You're, you're not trading up to one without knowing what quarterback you want. And so the only way you trade back is with the Houston Texans can tricking them into thinking they need their guy. It's not going to happen. It's silly, but they're keeping this rumor open that the Panthers might not actually pick out one. They control the pick. I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. Panthers don't have any weapons. They don't. This is true. They have absolutely none. But Terrace Marshall, he is ready for takeoff, according to GM Scott Fitterer. That's what he told Cody at the Combine. Cody Carpentier talking to Scott Federer, GM of the Carolina Panthers at the Combine, ready to take off. So he's now the wide receiver one, and that's not good. They need a true wide receiver one to take some of the pressure off Terrace Marshall, let him be the wide receiver two. But I believe Terrace Marshall can be a wide receiver two in the NFL. You get them a round two wide receiver, get them someone in free agency, maybe Jacoby Myers, and we're fine. But we also get to see LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault, as it stands right now, he would be the Z receiver. For the Carolina Panthers, he'd be mixing in in a slot, moving outside. LaVisca Chenault would be in the starting three, as would Shai Smith, who we heard last year that Scott Fitterer wanted Shai Smith to be the wide receiver four. He ends up having to be the wide receiver three for a lot of the season. At first, to Terrace Marshall, they don't trust him because he was hurt. And then because Robbie Anderson got traded. Chosen Anderson is now cut. But yes. The Panthers need an infusion of talent on the offense. They do. Because Terrace Marshall is backed up by Preston Williams, if you remember him. He undrafted free agent, played for the Miami Dolphins out of Colorado State. Not, not the best backup as your wide receiver four now. Got to take a wide receiver in the second round. Maybe a, invest in tight end too. Tommy Tremble has some upside. Ian Thomas, just a blocker. but. The nice thing is this offensive line is stellar for the Carolina Panthers. You got to get a new center because Pat Elfline, not it, but Bradley Bozeman, he's a free agent. He just played for you, played pretty well. You could bring him back. Maybe you go out, sign Connor McDermott instead. Either way, CJ Stroud is going to walk into an offense that is 
protecting him. The offensive line is going to be good. The run game is going to be good. Chuba Hubbard going to be catching dump offs. Dante Foreman probably back. Wide receiver is something they're going to have to attack. But if you can get Jacoby Myers in the slot, Terrace Marshall outside, and then draft someone in round two, they're looking fine. All of a sudden, this Panthers team goes from we have no weapons to we're competing in the NFC South because the NFC South is terrible. It's so bad. But anyways, enough about that trade. And on to everything else in the NFL. We spent a whole 20 minutes talking about one trade, one piece of information, but we got lots more. We know that Aaron Rodgers either does or does not have a deal in place to be traded to the Jets. Now, comes out. Packers and Jets have agreed to the deal. They're just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to say so. And then some reporter, I can't remember who comes out covering, oh, no, 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 there's no deal in place. No, there's not. No, they, they have to wait for Aaron Rodgers' approval. Yeah, we know they have to wait for Aaron Rodgers' approval. They've still agreed to a deal. They have to have that deal in place so as soon as Aaron Rodgers says, yes, they can make it happen. Come on. Come on. Or do you think we're that gullible? The Jets earlier today restructured DJ Reed, cornerback number two, Lacken Tomlinson, their left guard, and Tyler Conklin, their tight end one slash two, CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. They both actually restructured their contracts. But today, the Jets clear 12 point or 15.2 million dollars in cap space. Aaron Rodgers' cap hit, if he is traded to the Jets, will be 15.74. So the Jets now have, they already did, or not quite enough, but Jets now have enough money to trade for Aaron Rodgers. They can take that cap hit on. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet within the next 72 hours, let's say. I want to say next 48, but let's let's give it 72. Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet in the next 72 hours. And that'll be good for the Jets because these teams around the NFL, they need to know who they have at quarterback to pitch to these free agents in the draft, or not in the draft, these free agents that are going to be signing. Free agency opens on Monday. It doesn't officially It's the legal tampering period on Monday, which means, well, we can agree to deals. And so as soon as that legal tampering period starts, we're going to hear Jesse Bates contract signed with either the Browns or the the Falcons because people are already tampering. Let's be honest. But anyways, legal tampering period starts on Monday. So people are going to be agreeing to deals. Wednesdays, those deals will be able to sign and people will officially be on their new teams. But Jets need to know if Aaron Rodgers is there to help recruit. We need to know where some of these guys are going. Paris Campbell and McCall Hardman expected to have a lot of interest from teams around the NFL. That just shows how bad, how bad this wide receiver class is when Paris Campbell and McCall Hardman are two of the top guys. And the third is Alan Lazard. Those are the tier behind Jacoby Myers, of course, but it's bad. It's so bad that Robert Woods, who just got cut by the Tennessee Titans, signs a two-year $15 million deal at $7.5 million per year, but $10 million guaranteed for Robert Woods. Did not see that coming. He's going to be the Texans. I don't know what he'll play for the Texans because they've got Nico Collins at X. They've got Brandon Cooks at Z. So are they going to put Robert Woods in the slot or are they going to put him at Z, move Brandon Cooks in a trade? and then have John Mechie slash Amani Rogers in the slot. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know Robert Woods will be a starter for the Texans based on that salary. I think Brandon Cooks is probably on his way out, but maybe not. Maybe it's Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Nico Collins while John Mechie recovers, 
and maybe he splits with me. I don't know. Got to figure out the Texans quarterback too. We also have Juwan Johnson signed a two-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, about $15 million deal, $12 million deal, I think. But Juwan Johnson, new Darren Waller for Derek Carr. Savon Ahmed signs with the Miami Dolphins. He's currently the only running back on the roster for the Miami Dolphins. Raheem Mostert wants to be back. Uh, Jeff Wilson thinking about coming back. But right now, Savon Ahmed, the only running back for the Miami Dolphins. And Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham returns to the Philadelphia Eagles. He signs a one-year deal. He's going to return finally for the first time in Brandon Graham's career. Despite being year after year after year, one of the pressure leaders in the NFL, Brandon Graham for the first time ever, double-digit sacks. I can't explain it. There is no scientific reason that a edge rusher that gets pressure as often as Brandon Graham does only hit double-digit sacks this year, but whatever. He did it. We've also got a bunch of cuts around the NFL. Harrison Smith. Signs point to Harrison Smith. Longtime safety for the Minnesota Vikings. All pro, pro bowler. Sounds like he's going to be cut. And it's going to continue to be a bloodbath for the Minnesota Vikings making cuts. They've already cut Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Cam Dantzler they cut yesterday. Vikings just gutting that defense. They're going all in to build around Justin Jefferson and revitalize this offense under Kevin O'Connell. As for the Broncos, they cut Chase Edmonds, they cut Graham Glasgow, they cut Ronald Darby, and they save almost $30 million between those three cuts. Chase Edmonds, disappointed. I believed in Chase Edmonds. We all did here at Player Profiler, but what a whiff. What an absolute whiff Chase Edmonds was. And are the Broncos about to whiff on Cortland Sutton? I know he's a fake alpha, but Cortland Sutton, tweets that he just wants to be where he's wanted and appreciated. Sounds like Cortland Sutton wants out of Denver and Minnesota Vikings fans. They're listening. They're, they're, they're picking up that phone call. Minnesota Vikings fans. I've seen a lot of them. They all want Cortland Sutton to be that wide receiver two opposite. Justin Jefferson, keep KJ Osborne in the slot. I can dig it. I can certainly dig it. Cortland Sutton, even though he is again, a fake alpha, doesn't need to be an alpha when he's opposite Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne in the slot too. He's a wide receiver two slash three instead of the wide receiver one. Could be a good situation for Cortland Sutton if he is traded to the Minnesota Vikings. We also have some restructures around the NFL and some more cuts. Sorry. William Jackson cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers saved $12 million. Traded for during the season from the Washington Commanders. Doesn't play a snap at cornerback. William Jackson fleeced the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Chargers. Chargers restructure Joey Bosa. And they restructure Khalil Mack. So Khalil Mack is back with the Los Angeles Chargers. They are going all in on another Super Bowl. Brandon Staley's job is on the line. Bosa, Mack, back and save $25 million. And the Bucks free up $44 million in cap space between Chris Godwin, Vita Vea, Carlton Davis, and Ryan Jensen restructures for all of them. The Bucks, they needed to free up the money. But the Chargers, at least, it's like, hey, we, we got a shot at the Super Bowl still. The Bucks. No, nah, they just need to free up money because they have none. They have absolutely none. But that will bring us to our final couple pieces of news. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, we are happy to report, ended up having a repair of his UCL. We were worried it would be the reconstruction, that it could be Tommy John surgery. Brock Purdy, he has the UCL repair. He will be out three months where he can't throw. After that three-month period, he'll start warming up into throwing, but it'll be six months before he is cleared by doctors for contact. So it'll be six months 
before Brock Purdy is really practicing with the offense. Six months, let me remind you, is the first Sunday of NFL football. Trey Lance is starting week one. And Tua Tagovailoa might be starting in 2024 because the Miami Dolphins picked up Tua's fifth-year option. Tua is back. The Miami Dolphins apparently believe in Tua. Now, I don't know if you can trade a player in the fifth year of their option, how that works salary cap-wise. If it hurts you, if you take him on a big cap hit, it might still be possible that Tua is moved by the Dolphins. But at the very least, Tua's starting for someone, and the Dolphins are continuing to say they believe in him and are not trading for Lamar Jackson, not going in on Tom Brady. Remains to be seen in this interesting offseason. An interesting offseason that just saw Tyreek Hill run 6.7 in the 60-meter dash at the USATF USA Track and Field Masters Indoor Championship. Now, remember, this is Masters running. So this is just people. These are athletes, 25 years and older. They're not professionals. This is not pro sprinters that Tyreek Hill is running against, but still, he destroyed every one of them. Tyreek Hill just... Incredible speed. Incredible. I would love to see him working out, working towards the Olympics. However, got to remember, compared to the rest of the world, Tyreek Hill is not a top 200 sprinter in the 60-meter dash. I know 6.7 is incredible. I know 6.7 destroyed everyone else in his division. This is Masters. This is not professional. As it stands right now, Tyreek Hill's got a lot of time to make up for it. Got a lot of time to train in those starts. Not a top 200 sprinter in the world. Just is what it is. And finally, we have Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham had a workout yesterday, Friday. He worked out for the Giants, the Rams, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Vikings, the Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens. But noticeably, not in attendance for Odell Beckham's workout was the Dallas Cowboys. It appears that Cody Carpentier was right. The Dallas Cowboys really do prefer Antonio Brown over Odell Beckham. 